This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. I've been preparing for this all my life. Here's Porter on hard and taking him to school. What a great play by Jay Shante. KJ Martin climbed Bobon Mountain. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. And you've seen tonight that we, we fought together, we stayed together, and it's about damn time, man. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What is up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join myself and the Athletics' Ali Kambijani each and every week live Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. to get in on the action. Locker Room, changing the way that we talk sports. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and partner at Apollo Media, all Houston, all original. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo HOU. Now for today's show, we've got kind of an interesting format. We're basically doing a week by week uh, mini mock draft of the lottery specifically. So unfortunately for all the lottery teams that are no longer in the playoff hunt, uh, we decided to, I well, I decided that this would be a really cool, fun idea across the Locked On Network, and the guys upstairs liked the idea, so we ran with it. So what we're doing today is we've got a mini mock draft set up, as well as we're going to tackle some mailbag questions uh, from you, the listener, in segment three. But for this mock draft, basically, you know, we go through the... 14 lottery picks. Each host makes their selections. They give their reasoning for each pick. And yeah, it's pretty fun. So without further ado, we're just going to jump straight into that. We'll do the first half of the picks in this segment, then the next half of the picks in segment two. Uh, I'll talk about, you know, my reasoning a little bit in segment three and kind of, you know, my reaction to some of the picks and where some of these guys went uh, in segment three, as well as tackling those mailbag questions. So let's go ahead and just dive into this weekly locked on mini mock draft. I'm Rylan Styles, host of the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. The Oklahoma City Thunder are on the clock with the first overall pick in the 2021 Locked On NBA mock draft. The Oklahoma City Thunder will select with the first overall pick, Cade Cunningham, point guard, Oklahoma State. Cade Cunningham is by far the best player in this draft. Not even the Sacramento Kings could overthink this pick. He is going to go number one overall. He has an elite trait. He can score at all three levels. He's very versatile. He's an elite playmaking ability. He can do it all on the floor. He's a taller SGA. And the Thunder already have SGA. And that pairing, that duo, would be able to dominate this league in two to three years. This would set the Thunder on a path of a championship faster than any other outcome. It would very much accelerate their timeline. It would just be the best possible thing for Oklahoma City. Cade Cunningham is a wonderful prospect, something that we haven't really seen in a couple of years. Cade Cunningham is going to dominate the NBA, and hopefully it'll be in Oklahoma City. For more on Cade Cunningham, more on the possible draft picks for the Oklahoma City Thunder, subscribe to Locked On Thunder wherever you get your podcast from. In the first ever Locked On NBA mock draft and lottery, the Pacers luck into the number two pick, jumping all the way up from number 13. An incredible lottery for them after barely missing the playoffs. 
And with the second pick, the Pacers, we've decided to take Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga. I'm in Bangor's Life Fieldhouse right now, where a bunch of fans would be very excited to watch Jalen Suggs play for the Indiana Pacers. Evan Mobley, strong consideration from USC, but given the number of strong young frontcourt players already on this Indiana roster, Suggs seemed like the better pick. Dynamic scorer from all over the floor, great self-creator, great creator for others as well. Just a fantastic basketball player, Jalen Suggs, is home run pick at number two. Honestly, can't go wrong with either him or Mobley. And the Pacers are happy to get him in the door. He'll immediately ignite the team, be a presence in their backcourt, and hopefully lead the team for many seasons to come if this was able to happen. And if the Pacers did jump up to number two in the draft, we'd break that all down on the Locked On Pacers podcast. What's up? Jackson Gatlin here for over at Locked On Rockets, picking for the Houston Rockets at number three overall in this week's Locked On Mock Draft. And with the third overall selection, the Rockets are going to take Evan Mobley out of the University of Southern California. Evan Mobley, to me, is the clear-cut second-best prospect in this draft, right behind Cade Cunningham. Like Jalen Suggs, I really do, but with Cade off the board and Suggs off the board at number two already in this mock draft, you have to go Evan Mobley at number three. There's not any proper reasoning for taking Jalen Green or Jonathan Kaminga ahead of Evan Mobley. Yes, there might be some, some concerns for taking a big uh, in a guard-driven league, which is exactly what you know where the NBA is trending right now. But Evan Mobley really is that unicorn-type player. He's shown a lot of prowess defensively, and for the Rockets, for the the, the fit angle alongside Christian Wood. Christian Wood's already shown an ability to be able to play alongside Kelly Olynyk. He's a multi-positional player that can slot in at the four or the five. So there should be no questions of fit alongside Evan Mobley. He makes the sense, the most sense at pick number three. And it's really exciting for the Rockets to walk away with him at this spot in this draft. Because, hey, any simulation, any mock draft where the Rockets keep their pick is a good one. But walking away with Evan Mobley makes it a great one. With the fourth pick in Lockdown Network's NBA mock draft, the Detroit Pistons select the 6'6 shooting guard from the NBA G League Ignite, Jalen Green. Green was one of the five-star recruits that decided to forego college basketball and go straight to the NBA G League, where he averaged 18 points a game while shooting 36% from deep with a true shooting percentage of 61%. Now, while the Pistons were supposed to get the second overall pick, the Lockdown Network's lottery had them drop to four, which is not the worst thing. If the Pistons do drop to four in real life, that will not be the worst thing ever because this is supposedly supposed to be a top five height or, or top heavy draft. So if they finish in the top five, I'll be cool. So number four, I'll be happy with Jalen Green. He would slight perfectly, I think, next to Killian Hayes and Sadiq Bey. I probably would have taken Evan Mobley here, but you know, Jackson with Houston wanted to go ahead and draft him to pick right before me. So, but we will take Jalen Green. Jalen Green is a perfect fit, like I said. So, you know, we'll take it. We'll take it. As long as it's not outside the top five, we will take it. So over here at Lockdown Pistons, we will take Jalen Green at number four. And next on the Lockdown Network's clock, we got Lockdown Magic at number four. This is Philip Rossmike, the host of Lockdown Magic here for our first week NBA mock draft here on the NBA Locked On Podcast Network with the fifth pick in the draft. The Orlando Magic are selecting Jonathan Kuminga. When you're picking this high in the draft, when you have the third worst record in the league, you can't really be picky. You got to take the best player available, and this is a Magic team that is in desperate need of some talent. Jonathan Kuminga provides that for the Orlando Magic as someone who has an NBA-ready body that can step in and defend immediately, can already be a bull getting to the basket, and really played a lot better than I think a lot of people expected in the G League bubble and for the G League Ignite. 
Obviously, there's still a lot of questions, and the biggest question would be fit. The Orlando Magic have two young forwards, and Jonathan Isaac and Chumo Kiki playing his position, and a big part of the puzzle will probably be Kuminga would get minutes with Jonathan Isaac still working his way back from injury. Kuminga definitely still has to improve his jumper too, but Orlando wants to be a team that is built on its defense. That's how they were successful in 2019 and 2020 to get back in the playoffs, and that's going to be their key to get back in the playoff contention pretty quickly anyway. With the, with the fifth pick again, you take the best player available, and that is Jonathan Kuminga. Don't worry, the Orlando Magic will be back with a second pick coming up here in the lottery, but until then, this has been Philip Rossenreich of Locked On Magic. Who's next? Hey, Chris Manning here from the Locked On Cavs podcast, picking number six overall in this in this mock draft. And my co-host, Evan Devlin, and I decided as the fake GMs of the Cleveland Cavaliers to go with Scotty Barnes from Florida State. He's 6'9", a really interesting playmaker, uh, has a lot of really good instincts on both sides of the ball by all accounts. He's been a winning player at every level he's played at. Look, I think Cleveland would have liked to have the coin flip go their way and then thus give them better odds that someone like Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, you know, Suggs, maybe even Kuminga. Um, but I, I think if you're at 6 and I think you look at the board, how it shakes out, there's some guards available, certainly. There's another wing in Jalen Johnson available. But I think with Barnes, you got a guy that has a ton of playmaking upside. You can never have enough playmakers in the NBA. You can never have enough big playmakers in the NBA either. And the Cavs don't have any really good big playmakers right now. You can bring him in. Maybe he starts the year coming off the bench behind a Torian Prince or a Larry Nance or a Kevin Love at the 3 and the 4. But he can come in and, and long-term, him and Isaac Okoro as a duo can be incredibly smart, incredibly tough, incredibly winning duo on the wing, and that is something the Cavs have just not really had when they've not had LeBron James. This is a pick that maybe it does not offer you the win-now sort of upside that I think ownership might want in Cleveland, but I think ultimately this is a really, really smart basketball pick. The Cavs need good basketball players. Barnes could be, I think, one of the very best players in this class. At 6'9", playmaking, defensive instincts, all the stuff that he does that I think is really intriguing. I, I, I love this pick at six, and if you're not getting one of the best guys, I, I think Barnes is a really, really good guy to come away with. Wes Goldberg here with Locked On Warriors, choosing seventh overall for Golden State in the Locked On Podcast Network's weekly mock draft. Uh, with the seventh pick, the Warriors are going to take Franz Wagner out of Michigan, a sophomore out of Michigan. The reason we're going in this direction is that the Warriors, with this James Wiseman experience last year, found out the hard way how difficult it is to develop a young player and also try to win at the same time. So what the Warriors are looking for is a little bit less upside here and guys that who guys who can more immediately contribute. That's Franz Wagner. This guy's a 38% three-point shooter. Great court vision. Playmaking at six foot nine at 220. He's got good size, high basketball IQ, comes from a basketball family. Um, look, not the highest level of athleticism that comes with the upside. He's not going to be a go-to scorer for you. But the Warriors don't need that. They already have a go-to scorer. They have Steph Curry. Getting Franz Wagner could be like their Joe Ingles. He's a perfect complementary piece. He's going to be able to switch and do things on defense, hit open shots, attack against a bent defense on the weak side. This is a great pick for the Warriors at number seven. And we'll get to the second half of this mock draft in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. 
Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description faster. Only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. So get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, a $75 credit at Indeed.com locked. Indeed.com locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Another message from our friends over at Built Bar. Look, if you've never had a protein bar that you've actually enjoyed, right, you've got to check out Built Bar. And I, until I found Built Bar, I hadn't ever tried a protein bar. I thought, yeah, this is a really delicious protein bar because the special thing about Built Bar, first off, they've got so many amazing flavors. Peanut butter brownie, mint chocolate, raspberry, coconut brownie chunk, my favorite, uh, salted caramel. You just can't go wrong with any of them. But the special thing about all these bars, they're all coated in 100% delicious chocolate. They're so soft, they're easy to chew, they're not gritty, they're not chalky, they're basically candy bars that are jam-packed with protein. Every bar is low-cal, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing if you're on a keto diet. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your very first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, wrapping up the second half of our Locked on Mini Mock Draft. Hey, what's up? Sean Woodley here from Locked on Raptors to make the eighth overall pick in this week's Locked on NBA Mock Lottery Draft. And with the eighth pick, the Toronto Raptors are going for upside here. They're taking Keon Johnson, guard out of Tennessee, 6'5", 19-year-old. The Raptors don't plan to be back in this position again. They figure to be good again next season once they're back at home playing in Toronto and all of that. And this is the chance to find some star talent. We know the Raptors are very good at finding role players, but Keon Johnson profiles as a guy who can emerge as a go-to scorer at some time in the next few years here. He already is a great straight-line driver. He's already an excellent defender as well, on and off the ball, which fits in wonderfully with the Raptors' core of Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam, where defense is first and foremost. But he also can kind of offer some scoring punch to that lineup, that group of guys who can struggle in the half-court at times. And it might take some time. He's got a bit of a wonky handle. He's not a very good shooter just now, but... All the things he does provide and the athleticism he offers, which is maybe the best in the class, really does, I think, kind of profile as the type of guy the Raptors should be going for here, trying to hit a home run on this high pick before they go back into, you know, living in 20s and, you know, maybe even late 20s life going into the future here. So Keon Johnson, the eighth overall pick, going to the Raptors here this week on the Locked On NBA Mock Lottery Draft. This is Philip Rossenreich, the host of Locked On Magic, back with you again for the ninth pick in our Locked On NBA Podcast Network mock draft. The Orlando Magic, with their first pick, took the best player available. With the ninth pick, they should also take the best player available, but they also need someone that can provide a little bit of skill, and that's why I'm taking Moses Moody of Arkansas. Moody gives the Orlando Magic a score, someone who at Arkansas was the primary score, was able to get his own shot, create create space for himself, and get to the basket. He has good NBA size and projects already as a strong 3 and D player, someone who can hit from the outside a little bit as well as defend at a high level, which is going to be absolutely key for the Magic to get back in the playoff picture sooner rather than later with these two picks that the Magic have in this year's draft, plus the players they have 
coming back. The Orlando Magic obviously have a lot of work to do, but getting someone who can shoot at the rate that Moses Moody can is a big boost to the team, and he would probably fight and contend for playing time pretty quickly, maybe even a starting spot too. Moody is a guy that fits the Magic's profile. He has good positional length uh, and is a strong defender as well. And I think that, and I think him not having to be the primary option offensively with guys like Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac and Shumo Kiki to share the load will help him tremendously uh, and, and should help him have a successful rookie year. I think Orlando would be a really good spot for him, especially with a coach like Steve Clifford to kind of guide him and find the right ways to get him uh, growing and developing in the right direction. That'll be, that'll be it for us. This has been Philip Ross Mike of Locked on Magic. Who's next? Hey, this is Matt George, host of the Locked On Kings podcast. My assistant general manager and I have made our selection with the 10th overall pick in this NBA draft lottery simulation mock draft. If the rules allowed it and I was in control of the Sacramento Kings, I would be trying to trade this pick, maybe package it with a Buddy Heald or Marvin Bagley to try and acquire a win-now type talent that'll help the Kings make the playoffs next season. But in this case, I had to make a selection and I'm going with the six foot seven. 220-pound small forward, pure shooter out of Gonzaga. Corey Kisper is my selection. I love that he's 21 years old. I love that he comes from a winning program. He comes from success. If the Kings are going to use this pick and actually make a draft selection, they're looking for someone who can come in and contribute right away. Kispert seems more NBA ready. At the 10th spot to add that shooting, maybe a replacement for Buddy Heald in that capacity to some extent. Corey Kispert, the selection for the Sacramento. Hey everyone, Jake Madison here from Locked On Pelicans to make the 11th pick in the Locked On Network's first mock draft. And this was a tough decision. At 11, there's a number of different ways that I could go and that the Pelicans could go. But in the end, I took center Alperin Sengun out of Besiktas in the Turkish League, averaging 19.2 points per game, 9.4 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 1.3 steals, and big breath, 1.7 blocks while being named the MVP of the Turkish League was just too much for me to ignore. He's incredibly skilled for a six foot 10 center, and he's only 18. He's proven to be a strong interior scorer with tremendous rebounding instincts. He was showing off some passing ability and a consistently improving three point shot, which might be the most important thing. Plus, he's excellent at the free throw line shooting 81%. Defensively, he's very good in drop coverage and taking away passes to the roll man while slowing down the ball handler, and that's the exact type of defense that the Pelicans tend to run. And he's already a strong interior rim protector, showing good instincts on when to try and contest and block shots. He's not quite NBA ready. It might take him a year or two to really kind of find his footing in the league, but you know what? The Turkish League is already one of the strongest leagues out there in Europe, and there's shades of Kevin Love and Demonis Sabonis in his game, and that type of unicorn is exactly the type of big man you want next to Zion Williamson. So for more on the Pelicans and Zion, be sure to check out the Locked On Pelicans podcast. I'm Walker Mail of Locked On Hornets, and as of this week, we started doing a weekly mini mock draft, and for the first ever one, the Tankathon simulation gave us the 12th overall pick. Now, reality would say that we have the 11th best odds in the lottery after winning the coin flip with the San Antonio Spurs. But in alternate reality, we're going to have the 12th overall pick. 
And when we are in the alternate reality, me and Nada Edwards, my co-host, get to serve as Mitch Kupchak and choose who we're going to take with that selection. And with that 12th overall pick, we decided to go with Josh Giddy, international prospect out of Australia. Some of the strengths he possesses is he's a really good ball handler, tall ball handler as well, listed at about 6'8", to put him alongside LaMelo Ball to have two guys, 6'7", 6'8", that can make the smart decision in pick and roll would be really fun to watch. The problem is Giddy has some problem with his shot from the outside right now. So hopefully that would develop with his time in the association. The good news is they have Terry Rozier to hopefully counteract as a shooter within that backcourt. And Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, one of those guys are going to be gone. Presumably, it's going to be Malik Monk after the exit interview that he had just about a week and a half ago. So if Malik is gone, you're going to have to replace one of those guys coming off of the bench in the backcourt. And I think Giddy would be an excellent decision for that. Now, there are a couple of other places you could have gone, and we'll have our opportunities as these weekly mini-mock drafts roll out. But the first one ever, we decided to go with Josh Giddy. Tell us what you think. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail, not as on Twitter at Not of the Scribe, and you can find our show handle at Lockdown Hornets. Find our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Can't wait for you to join us. Hey, this is Jeff Garcia with Locked On Spurs. Here to give a quick react to the Locked On NBA Network's impromptu draft or well, mock draft and after the uh, spurs uh, were announced that they're picking at number 12 as of now losing the coin toss we dive right into this and, and look first of all whoever organized this did not put the spurs in the proper position they were ranked uh, number 12 put the spurs at number 13 in this mock so with names coming off the board pretty fast leading up to the spurs uh pick names like sagoon left uh kispert left moody left guys that yeah, I was targeting there, I think we're, we're going to slip like Keon Johnson didn't happen. So uh, after the Hornets at 12, when it should have been the Spurs pick Josh Giddy, that was the guy I had on my board. I went with Kentucky's Isaiah Jackson. I know it's not a uh, big name, glamorous pick, but the kid is tough. Sometimes I think the Spurs need lack that toughness, that dog. Uh, he brings that uh, an elite shot blocker an athlete uh, he addresses the need for size for San Antonio and uh, perimeter defense as well. He can play the four and the five. And you just look what he did at Kentucky last year, ranked 15th nationally in blocks. Uh, he led the SEC in that department. He was named SEC all-freshman and all-defensive teams. I think he'll definitely uh, address the Spurs' uh, need in that department, just getting better on the defensive end. And I get it. There was some promise, though, on the offensive end. In six of his last seven games with Kentucky, he was averaging 13.3 points, 6.9 rebounds, and 2.1 blocks, which makes me think he'll be definitely a project on the offensive end, but he'll definitely bring uh, the defense. Does that sound familiar? Like a guy named Kawhi Leonard, who everybody knew coming out of college was a great defensive player, but lo and behold, he's also a good offensive player. So uh, start throwing those tomatoes at me. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone and subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Wes Goldberg with Locked On Warriors here again, picking for the second time in this Locked On Podcast Network mock draft, now at number 14. And with this pick, the Warriors will continue along with their strategy of going for upperclassmen and not uh, the raw, younger, 19-year-old kind of talents. No, we get Franz Wagner at number 7. And here at number 14, somehow, Davian Mitchell out of Baylor, the junior out of Baylor, is still on the board. I don't know how he fell to number 14. ESPN has him ranked 8th. The Ringer has him ranked 7th on their big boards. This guy is a great ball handler, uh, a go-to scoring threat, a hard-nosed competitor on defense. You love his competitive drive overall. The Ringer says that he has shades of Drew Holiday. That is a perfect fit 
for Golden State. Now when you zoom out and look at the Warriors draft, at number seven taking Franz Wagner, and now getting Davion Mitchell at number 14, this is a home run draft for the Warriors. You're getting two guys who can immediately contribute right away in Wagner as a 3 and D type of threat, and as and Mitchell, who, who, more, who could be a playmaker in that second unit alongside guys like Jordan Poole and Juan Descano-Anderson, and last year's number two overall pick, James Wiseman. A home run of a draft for the Warriors. They absolutely nail it. Probably get the steal of the draft here with Davion Mitchell at number 14. And that's going to do it for our Locked On Mini Mock Draft. So coming up, we are going to talk about the some of the selections, my reasoning, uh, my a couple picks that surprised me a little bit, and we'll get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We got baseball season in full swing. The playoffs are here for the NBA, and they also cover NHL and UFC. You name it, they probably have it. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action. So head over to their website and use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, where, hey, we might not be able to talk about playoff basketball, but a reminder that on our road to the finals, there are tons of podcasts out there. If you're bandwagging for a certain team, you got to check out, you know, all the other Locked on podcasts on the network. So our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more these playoffs and hey for the Rockets fans right we're still having content even though there's no playoffs and that's why we're doing this mini mock draft that's why I was sitting down brainstorming fun ways to you know keep these uh keep lottery teams like ourselves invested in what's going on currently and with this mock draft first off I was extremely excited to just walk away with a pick in this one um that was my immediate reaction. But a couple of the picks in here. So first off, I you know I gave my reasoning for Evan Mobley, and I've been beating that drum quite a bit. You know, if I'm Rafael Stone, if I'm the Houston Rockets, and Evan Mobley is on the board when when their name is called, I think you've got to take Evan Mobley. Um, he's a unicorn. He's got the defensive prowess. Uh, I think he his fit alongside Christian Wood is is there. I think it's you know there there shouldn't be any concerns about that. And frankly, you know I'm not as blown away by any of the other top prospects. Uh, obviously, Cade doesn't count, right? He's in his own tier. But Jalen Suggs, you know, might be a better immediate fit alongside Kevin Porter Jr. But again, you look at this roster and so many of the question marks surrounding what's going on with John Wall, what's going on with Eric Gordon, you know, where are those guys going to go? And I, I do have a bit of a concern from just a roster construction standpoint of where do you allocate all these minutes for all these guys? You know, do you run Eric Gordon at the three spot and then bench Jay Sean Tate in favor of getting Jalen Suggs minutes? I mean, who knows, right? There's so many different avenues that you could potentially go, but ultimately I do feel that Evan Mobley is the consensus number two in my eyes in this draft. And so when he fell to number three in this mock draft, had to snatch him up. Um, Jalen Green at four, Jonathan Kaminga at five, no surprises there. Uh, I do think that, 
Moses Moody going all the way down to nine was kind of interesting because I have him around that six to seven mark on my big board. Um, And then Kispert down at 10 seems about right for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Keon Johnson in the top 10 kind of threw me a little bit. I don't have him in my top 10 of my big board, which uh, will be breaking down picks uh, six through 10 in our next episode uh, with Sam from Draft Dummies, uh, who is also part of the Locked On NBA uh, Draft Podcast team. A group of guys over there are in-house credential draft experts. We're going to be breaking down uh, the next sequence of picks uh, in this upcoming draft. So don't want to miss out on that, our very next episode. Uh, Who else in here? Giddy at 12 for Charlotte was an interesting pick. Uh, and then Davion Mitchell at number 14 for Golden State. I mean, you know, this, and this is going to be fun because we're going to be able to kind of break this mini mock draft down as well with Sam from, uh, our in-house, our in-house draft expert. So he's going to give us a little bit of his thoughts on how this all panned out, but I wanted to run it back, uh, cause it was really cool to be able to go in and hear the, the interesting angles from some of these guys. You talk about Wes Goldberg for the Golden State Warriors talking about needing guys who are immediate contributors, right? Guys who've spent time in college, uh, to be at more of a ready to contribute level for an NBA team. And so, you know, the the thought process that goes in behind some of these picks is really, really interesting to me. Uh, But with that, let's go ahead and I want to get into these mailbag questions because we got a handful of them. And so I definitely want to give proper time to those. So very first up from at, I hope I'm saying this right, man. It should be Stormy, right? I'm pretty sure it's Stormy. Um, At... ST012MI. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Stormy. Uh, <laughs> could you please continue to work your magic to land KPJ and or Wood on the pod before they blast off into untouchable superstardom? KJ Martin Tate, and if re-signed, Kelly would be epic too. Are there barriers with local media to land those? There are no barriers for me. No. Um, <laughs> it just takes a lot of hard work because... Uh, you know, some sometimes you can coordinate those directly with the organization. Other times you have to get really creative. Um, I will say that I have uh, slid my way, you know, I have slid my way into my fair share of NBA player agent DMs uh, pitching my case and saying, hey, like, check out this podcast. Um, You know, this is what I do. We get, you know, X number of downloads per month. It's the number one Rockets podcast on the market. Thanks to listeners like you. Thank you for that. Um, If quick soft plug, if you haven't reviewed the podcast, right? If you look here, this is my chance to plug this, right? If you guys want awesome guests, if you guys want more Armani Brooks, more Bill Worrells, if you guys want big name, awesome Rockets guests, do me a favor, write a review. Tell people how much you like the podcast because then when I reach out and slide into DMs and like you know pitch formal requests and try to book you know big named guests I can point to the reviews and be like yo look at this like lots of people really like this podcast so you should do this because it's really good for your client for your you know your player or for your brand whatever um it'll help elevate them so and you know I always advertise it. I'm like look the people that listen to this podcast are the absolute diehard Rockets fans because it's true if you're still listening to this podcast after a 17 and 55 season, you are either a masochist or you are just the most unbelievable diehard Rockets fan there is. And maybe, you know what? 
Those two aren't actually mutually exclusive based on how this last season went. But um, with that, uh, I am trying. We are, you know, going to continue to have some really cool guests. I've got a lot of potential cool guests, you know, lined up for this offseason. So we'll see how many of those pan out. I won't hint at any of them. Uh, Armani Brooks was awesome. Bill Worrell was awesome. And I'm going to keep trying to do my best to bring awesome guests to this show because you, the listener, deserve that. Um, all right, our very next one from uh, She Who Will Not Be Named, uh, <laughs> Carly. What's up, Carly? Uh, Jersey rankings for this season. <sighs> now, here's where I'm at on the jerseys. I really, like, of this season specifically, I got a little tired of the blue ones. I like the blue ones. I do. And, you know, I know some people are on the other side of the aisle about that and they hate the blue ones, but I like them. I just feel like they played in them too much. And Rockets as a whole are still thematically, they're still red, right, at their core. And so for me, if I'm choosing my favorites, I got to go red, which is the icon jersey, as number one. I'm going to go blue jersey, the city edition, at number two. For me, it's kind of a toss-up at number three between both of the black jerseys. The statement one, which is the one that they started with, with kind of like the, I guess, like the racing track sort of down the side. Um, and then the earned jerseys that they got, the the black with the red trim uh, from this past playoff run. Uh, and then dead last is the uh, the white jerseys, I, I which are the association jerseys, which sidebar... I can't ever even remember, apart from the city jerseys being the city jerseys, I can't ever remember what jersey is icon, statement, earned, or associate. Well, I can remember the earned one because they wore it, like, what, three times? Um, But I wish we could just go back to home and away jerseys or just make it simpler because I've lost track, like, honestly, uh, of what means what. And, you know, I do like the freedom, you know, in the NBA now to rock basically whatever jersey you want to rock. Um, I think that's cool, but I do miss the dynamic of just having that general feel of, okay, when you're at home, the home team's going to wear the white jersey or the lighter colored jersey. Um, and then when you're away, you know, you wear your darker colored jerseys. I do kind of miss that like theme, uh, when it came to jerseys, but part of me is just, I still don't even know what to call these jerseys because I can't keep track of any of them at this point. Uh, but so that's that. Uh, let's go next to uh, Rosef. I'm going to say Rosef. It looks like Joseph. Yeah, Rosef. Uh, at Joe Rooney 81. So it is Joseph. Okay, cool. Uh, how many places do you think the Rockets could move up in the draft if we do indeed drop to fifth? Ugh, shivers. Let's not think about that. Uh, and do you think, or who do you think they'll target if they do? So as far as targeting, you know, my, my thing about moving up in this draft, let's say, God forbid, just the Rockets, you know, fall to number five, they lose their pick. I would say that it's not outside of the realm of possibility for them to package some combination of the 18th, 23rd, and 24th overall picks to break their way back into the latter end of the lottery. That isn't crazy to me. And again, we've kind of broached this topic a little bit. But for example, a team like the Golden State Warriors, right? If they walk away, you know, with pick number 14 in the lottery, you know, how valuable is pick number 14 to them versus, you know, the flexibility of one or two more picks, you know, down the line, four more picks down the line 
Um, you know, and what would the Rockets have to, you know, necessarily give up? As far as targeting goes, it's really tough because there's kind of, you know, everybody's kind of lumped into more or less one tier. Maybe you can break it up into two separate tiers, but there's so many guys between, you know, once you get out of that top five, um, and I haven't exactly gotten to, you know, to, to where I'm at with my big board of who the Rockets should be targeting in those later teen slots um, and who makes sense for this team with those latter picks. I'm working my way there as we're working through kind of the top side of the draft currently, but I guess I will wrap this up in a bow just to say that, look, if the Rockets do fall out of the top five, or sorry, top four and fall to five and they don't have a top five, top four pick, Rafael Stone is absolutely going to be aggressive in trying to package uh, the other three picks that they do walk away with 18, 23, and 24 to move up further in the draft. Because I think if you're looking at the likelihood of the Rockets actually signing three rookies all to rookie deals based on the number of guys that they already have on the roster that they're more than likely going to bring back guys uh you know like Kyrie Thomas who they already committed a three-year deal to uh Kelly Olynyk, who they seem committed to wanting to bring back in some capacity uh Armani Brooks is another one that we're going to talk about uh his contract situation in just a second another guy who the Rockets could you know realistically bring back and on a very team-friendly deal at that so there's only so many roster spots to go around is basically what I'm getting at and so I think the likelihood of them actually committing to signing three rookies to three rookie deals straight out of the first round is slim to none. So I think that the likelihood of especially the, that 23-24 set of picks being packaged and you know being sent out with maybe a player or two to move up in the draft uh, is a very high likelihood. Even if they do retain a top four pick, I think Rafael Stone's still going to be extremely active uh, in, in trying to move up in this, this year's NBA draft. From good friend of the pod, Anthony Duckett, who is the next Rockets player that you think you'll be able to provoke, and how lengthy is that list? Well, let me see. So first it was Avery Bradley, then it was Daniel House Jr. Um, I hope the list isn't that lengthy, but John Wall, maybe? Like, depending on how much longer he's a Rocket, um, you know, I don't sugarcoat things and I have a little fun with stuff so I think maybe John Wall might get uh, a little fed up with my shenanigans uh, over time let's go we got a few we got a couple more here uh, could you break down the Armani Brooks contract situation what are the odds we bring him back next year from oh well I clicked away right when I was trying to see the name there it is uh, from at Seawood MVP so Armani Brooks has finished his season on a two-way contract, which means the Rockets can extend a qualifying offer to him, making him a restricted free agent. And the super cool thing about the qualifying offer is it's like worth diddly squat. It's like 50K or something like that. So it barely counts against the cap. Um, so it's not like, you know, extending an offer uh, to another player where you're, you're, you're tying up your your uh, available cap space, you know, for other pending free agents, all that kind of stuff. Um the Rockets just extend this, you know, itty bitty qualifying offer to Armani Brooks, make him a restricted free agent, and then that gives them the right to match any contract that another team wants to throw at him. Uh, now, let's be realistic. There's probably not going to be another team out there that throws like they might. There might be another team out there that wants to throw an NBA deal at him, um, but it's not going to be anything absurd, I don't think. And 
Uh, if he doesn't get any offers, then the Rockets could just conceivably bring him back on a two-way deal next season. Uh, I'm pretty much, I was a little bit on the fence about it, and I'm still kind of waiting to see, obviously, what happens with the draft and, and you know, what kind of a roster shakedown they have. But even, honestly, even past that, I think that you look at Armani as a guy who is a bona fide shooter, who operates really well with the ball in his hands or, you know, with the ball outside, out of his hands. You know, we saw some flourishes from him near the tail end of the season. We talked about it uh, when we had him on the show, how he was able to start showing, showcasing a bit more of his game, you know, feeling a little bit more comfortable out there on the court. And I think that the Rockets need to place a premium on shooting. And Armani Brooks is exactly the kind of guy that you want to do that with. Um, and he's young enough that the Rockets organization can essentially mold them, right, to to get him to where they want him to be. Um, he's got the right skill set. He's got a good wingspan. He's got decent size. Like, you know, once he bulks up a little bit more, talked about that in his pod, saying that he wants to work on his body a little bit more this offseason. Um, you know, once he works on some of those areas, uh, I think that he's going to be a really, really solid fit in the NBA. And I'd like to see it happen for the Rockets. So I want to see them extend you know, a, a, you know, a three-year deal of sorts to him. That way they have his bird rights and they have him locked down alongside the rest of this Rockets young core. Because I definitely love what he brings to this team, uh, the kind of microwave scoring option off the bench. Uh, it's, you know, almost a necessity in this league, right? You need that sixth man type guy off the bench to really kind of jumpstart your offense uh, if you're ever, you know, if you're having a down night. Uh, can we get a petition going to have the Rockets sign Gerald Green and not waive him mid-season? Um, God, what I re- I don't know where I remember reading this, but uh, somebody somewhere, I think it was on the Rockets subreddit. Somebody was talking about there needs to be like a franchise tag, like in football, but it needs to be called the OG tag, and every franchise gets one OG tag to throw out. Uh, to a player of their choosing. So for the Rockets, obviously, it could be like Gerald Green. For the Miami Heat, Udonis Haslam. Uh, you know, just w- that one guy that you want on the roster uh, just as like that veteran mentorship presence that doesn't count towards the cap, doesn't count towards uh, your total available players, like any of that stuff. That'd be, it would. it's never going to happen, but that would be amazing. Um, the Rockets should just bring back Gerald Green in some type of a, like, you know, coaching capacity role or bring him back as like a team advisor or whatever and just let him hang out on the bench and, you know, be in the be in the ear of all the young guys. I think that would be a great role for Gerald Green if he's up to the task. Um, from who we got here from Shamrock ITO, Shamrock Ito, uh, what are your best tips for getting through the many existential crisis crises that hit when you think about the draft lottery? Honestly, I'm past it. Like, you know, it's my job to talk about this team five days a week, and I've, like, mentally moved on. Now, come draft lottery night, when I'm going to be sitting on a live stream for Locked On so that everybody can see my uh, either elated reaction at the Rockets retaining uh, their top four pick or my devastation at them losing their pick, uh, that night's going to be a little bit different. I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm going to just... It's going to be must-see TV, must-see content, Um, so definitely don't want to miss out on that. Clear your schedules for uh, June 22nd, draft lottery night. I'm going to be on a live stream in some capacity. We don't have the logistics figured out yet, but you'll be able to see my mug as I react in real time to whether or not the Rockets keep their pick. But honestly, leading up to it, I'm kind of just, 
I'm over it. Like, I just want it to happen already. Because one way or the other, the Rockets are really set with a really great young core of guys. And retaining this top pick absolutely accelerates their rebuild by probably a year or two. But it doesn't completely destroy everything, right? Like, everything isn't lost if they don't keep this pick. It stings and it sucks, absolutely. But the world isn't going to cave in just because the Rockets lose this pick, right? You know, they're going to still be a competitive young team. They're still going to have some money to potentially throw around if they don't want to throw it at Kelly Olynyk. if they don't want to retain him this offseason. They'll have, a, you know, roughly like $20 million that they could throw at a potential free agent. Um, looking at you, maybe John Collins, uh, maybe a Rashawn Holmes type. Uh, if the Rockets want a more, you know, bona fide center type to keep Christian Wood more so in that uh, power forward-esque role or at least that multi-positional role similar to uh, Anthony Davis in Los Angeles. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways that this that this could go, but I'm kind of over it at this point. I haven't had any uh, panic attacks about it, and so I don't really have any advice other than just, hey, it's going to be okay, and whether or not they lose their pick, uh, we just we keep rolling with the punches, and this team is going to figure it out whether they have a top four pick or whether they don't have a top four pick. Um, let's see. Let's go one more here. All right, I'm going to tackle two more here. So first from King Ash 19 What's up, Ash? Uh, should Rockets Twitter all deactivate for two weeks if the pick falls to five? Oh, um, I mean, probably? No, like, you know, it, the... It's going to be hot for like a day or two, honestly, on Twitter. And then people are going to like be over it. Like it's it's going to be really hot like the night of the draft lottery. Like there's going to be a lot of words and Rockets Rockets Twitter is going to take a lot of heat. Uh, there's going to be a lot of angry Rockets fans who are uh, adding Daryl Morey for screwing over the team, adding James Harden, uh, all that good stuff. But it's going to be really hot for like a day or two and then it's going to calm down. And kind of like I mentioned before, I'm just over it. I just want it to happen at this point. Uh, and from our last one, from at Johnny Rocket Fan. Uh, what's up, John? Let's say Golden State gets the fifth pick of the draft, which they have from Minnesota. Golden State then offers Houston Wiseman plus that fifth pick for Wood. Do you take that trade if you are the Rockets? <sighs> this one's really tough for me because I think that, you know, nobody on this team is untouchable yet. Even Christian Wood, as good as he's played. But I do think that the Rockets are currently in the process of rehabilitating their image in the eyes of the rest of the league. And they did a very great job of sending you know, all their players to their preferred destinations, working with P.J. Tucker, working with James Harden, working with Russell Westbrook, you know, sending guys to where they were interested in going, um, taking care of their players, waving guys like Boogie Cousins and Ben McLemore so they could go jump on the contender bandwagon. Uh, Victor Oladipo, another one, right, that they, you know, managed to send to Miami, who then played four games for the Heat and averaged, like, you know, terrible stat, whatever. Um, I'm not going to jump. That's, an, that's a topic for another day, uh, the, the, you know, to slander the Miami Heat. But I do think that it would look really bad for the Rockets to deal Christian Wood just one year after he signed in Houston. You know, he chose Houston. Granted, it was a very different-looking Houston team, but he picked Houston because he wanted a prominent role. Now, obviously, that prominent role has uh, changed because he was going to have a prominent role next to James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and now he 
is the prominent player of this team. He's the number one option on this team now, uh, next to uh, you know a a young cast of of guys. I think that ultimately, I unless it was for like. And even if it's it, well, it couldn't be a top three pick, not from Golden State, because the protections uh, keep it Minnesota if it lands top three. So the best you could do if you're Golden State is offer the Rockets the number four overall pick if it falls that low from Minnesota and Wiseman. And even then, I don't think that I would do it because Christian Wood is multi-positional. There's a lot of flexibility with him. Wiseman, you're locked into hit. He's your five. You know, he's he's the guy running five for you. Um, and then you get to, you know, who are you drafting at four? Who's still on the board? You know, are you taking Kaminga? Are you taking Green? Um, do the Rockets have their own pick in this scenario? That might change things a little bit because if you're talking about the Rockets walking away with, say, a top four pick and then Golden State offers them the fourth or fifth overall pick and then you're able to pair Wiseman plus two uh, two top prospects from this draft plus the current young Rockets core, KJ, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., Jay Sean Tate, and then really hard reset that timeline to where the team is no longer on the 25-year-old Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate timeline. They're more so on the 20-year-old Kevin Porter Jr. timeline, and they're following all of the, the youth uh, of this year's draft, plus Wiseman, of course. That makes things a little bit more interesting, um, but I, I really can't see the Rockets trading Christian Wood. Um, I don't think he's necessarily quote unquote untouchable, but I don't think that's an offer that they would entertain. And I think it's going to be, again, this is a team that just spent a lot of time rehabbing their image. And I don't see them willing to just dump Christian Wood after a year of service, after he had a really stellar year, um, despite the ankle injury that he had, you know, missed 17 games from, he had a really, really great year. And I'm excited to see him run it back one more time as a rocket before we entertain potential trade scenarios because he's only got a three-year deal. So they can entertain trade scenarios next summer or even the following trade deadline when he's an expiring contract. Uh, if he keeps up this level of play, then there will be a team that might want to lock him down. If he, if the timeline is no longer there for the Rockets, if they haven't made the bu- made the push uh, to the playoffs yet, then they can try and get back some, recoup some value for Christian Wood rather than letting him walk in free agency. But I don't think Christian Wood trade talk should be entertained this early in his tenure yet. I think we should give him one more year as a rocket and one more fully fledged year under Steven Silas to see how things pan out. But for today's episode, thank you. So, for, I mean, thank you for the mailbag questions. Those were awesome. Um, I like doing those. I haven't done one in a while. Um, I also really like Locker Room because it's more of like an interactive mailbag because everybody's like popping off in the chat. Uh, so definitely want to jump in to our next Locker Room Tuesday night, 9 p.m. with Ali Kambijani. Uh, want to go check that out. Absolutely. Uh, but for today's episode, that is going to do it. Hopefully you enjoyed our mini mock draft. Thank you to those of you who dropped in mailbag questions. I didn't get to every single one of them because I'm running a little bit long here, but I appreciate everybody chiming in. For today's episode, that is going to do it. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.